As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Keep your money local. Bring it home to a Wintrust Community Bank, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at wintrust.com slash Cubs. Member FDIC. Let's play two. Back, 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 back. Way back. It might be. It could be. It is. Holy cow. The fly. He scores. Cubs win. Cubs win. Welcome to the Cubs Talk Podcast presented by Wintrust alongside David Kaplan and Tony Andraki. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. We're finally past Memorial Day, although the weather certainly doesn't feel like it all the time. But, guys, more than 50 games into the season, so like a third of the season, can we all agree that the Cubs are at least in a good spot considering the way the season started with the historically bad road trip? Uh, and then we'll talk about ways they can improve. But you feel good about the way things are at, at least at this point. I think you feel good in two areas. For me, yes, they're in first place as we tape this. They have avoided catastrophic injury to the team they broke camp with. Morrow, we did not have at the start of the season. He hasn't come back from last year. That's one. Two for me is I think we know what their weaknesses are. Right. Like through 50 games, I look at them and go, Okay, the bullpen that we thought we had questions about, we do. Right. Talk about that. We still have some questions about the top of the lineup. So those are the two areas for me that have been, you know, need might need to be addressed. Yeah, I'm with you, Cap. I mean, uh, they're in a really good spot after that disastrous start. They have been one of the best teams in the National League. They're still right up there in terms of run uh, run differential, among other things, but. The pitching is starting to concern me a bit. It's not just the bullpen. It's the fact that Cole Hamels has struggled a couple times in a row. John Lester had back-to-back rough starts. So I think the last couple weeks of May as they finish here, it's not necessarily on the same high note, but they did have a really strong 2016-level uh, month worth, worth of play there from like you know that first road trip all the way through like May 15th range. They were the best rotation in baseball after the, bad, best, the really bad start. I look at it and I think... For me, Hamels really only had two bad starts. And then they weren't like, he didn't get completely lit up. I just think you're going to have ups and downs throughout the season, and maybe that's what it is. I, don't, I know people are worried that it's the old rotation that Pakoda talked about already starting to wear down. But for me, it's way too early for anybody to be wearing down. So it's just about guys not having the feel one day, maybe not feeling right when they go out. They turn it around after two or three bad starts, and then you get a good one. I, For me, the rotation is not a place they need to improve. I, I think the starting rotation is good, and if you can get Darvish to somehow make continuous, gradual improvement, I think you're in a really good spot with the rotation. I thought Darvish's last start, while not a masterpiece, him getting into the eighth inning 
and finding a way to give that beleaguered bullpen a breather. Fighting a little bit on the mound. He was right? tough. Yeah. I, I talked to Rizzo today about that on the radio, and he said, hey, man, that, that guy showed us some toughness to be able in those conditions to pitch into the eighth inning, over 100 pitches. They were very happy. So if we get well, – let's talk about the bullpen in a minute. What are the other spots they need to improve the last two-thirds of the season? It's crazy, but I, they almost need another hitter, and I'm not saying they need, like – um, Daniel Murphy or whatever like they got last year or they need to go out and get a big bat or anything else but the role players are not really playing the way that they should. Bingo. David Bodie has struggled after a good start. Daniel Descalso has been MIA for over a month now. You know what his on-base percentage is in the month of May? Uh, probably like 150 range. 164. Yeah. So, I mean, and Zobrist hasn't been around. Of course, yeah. That's Jesse a great Rogers one. said to me today, he thinks it's 50-50 that Ben Zobrist retires. Wow. I mean, at this point, I, I could totally see that because, I mean, divorces don't, are, they're not quick. He's going through this. I don't know all the details, obviously, but if he's already missed close to a month now, it's been three plus weeks. I mean, it's not something that's going to be remedied immediately. So it's very possible he's out through the all-star break. And if that's the case, then it, it takes you, what, three weeks for a guy like him to, to ramp up? I mean, Best case scenario right now would maybe be like beginning of August we see Zobris back. Now, that could change, obviously, but he would have to go on a rehab stand. He would have to get some work somewhere right now, even if he said he was coming back today. So you're thinking maybe utility guy because, A, Hap hasn't lit AAA on fire. Right. Zobrist, we don't know if or when he's coming Descalso. back. Scalso. Addison Russell has come up but really struggled for a, a, most of the time. Six of his last back. ten. Yeah, so... What type of player would we be looking at? And, and how long do you give yeah. those other guys to turn it around? How long do you give Descalso to turn it around and be the guy they hoped he'd be? I think Descalso will be all right. I mean, Joe Madden has said some very good things about it. But there's not a ton of pressure, I don't think, on Descalso. That's a deal. Yeah, but the fact that he's playing too much right now. I mean, he, he's overexposed, and I think uh, Bodie is a little bit as well. Both of those guys have struggled. But I think... They need to get somebody else that can play second base. Maybe that is Hap. Maybe in a week or two they deem the adjustments Hap's made in the minors to be there even if the results aren't quite there. That would actually be perfect. Having Hap come up might be the hitter that they need, but again, only if it's the Ian Hap that has actually taken the strides that they want him to be. What if Hap comes up to showcase him so that he's a piece that they might use to improve the bullpen, which was the other piece that we know that they've – everybody knows they have to fix that, right? I mean – there yeah. has to be at least one two addition, arms. but we think two. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you could make a strong case that they need a veteran, reliable lefty and a late-inning guy, whether that's Craig Kimbrell in the next week or two here or somebody else. They need another late-inning guy to either set up when Strope is back or to close and then forget about Morrow. You know, you don't have to put as much emphasis on Morrow returning if you get a guy. Unless like your scouts, I don't mean your scouts, I mean the Cubs scouts. Okay. Because I don't have any, so that's good. scouts. <laughs> Theo, Kimbrell is not what we need. He doesn't have it. There's no justification for not, uh, you may not get him, but not being all in. Because that way you don't have to give up right. elite prospects to go get Will Smith or Rysel Iglesias or whichever closer is out there, Blake Trine and Sean Dula. They're going to ask for Miguel Amaya, Nico Horner. You're just starting to come back with a few guys. Now you're going to give them up? Right. 
the Doolittle thing would actually be really funny. I, I, once he made those comments, he and Joe kind of had those war words when they were in D.C. I was thinking to myself about how funny it is that the Nationals continue to sink. It looks more and more like a guy like Doolittle will be on the market. Cubs could obviously use him as a, as a lefty and a late-inning guy. It would just be kind of funny to see Doolittle come play for the manager that he called out publicly in the middle of May. Joe here. would be great with it. Oh, of course, yeah. And, and Doolittle would be too. But, like, it'd just be an interesting wrinkle, I it guess. It would. Irony. Uh, so what do you think they'll have? To, let's assume that they're going to have to trade to get one, at least one of these relievers. Maybe they get Kimbrell, but we still think they're going to need another guy because in a, in a perfect world for me, it's Kimbrell is your closer. You pay him whatever the rate is now. And then Strope and player B, to be named later, whoever that might be, those are your two setup guys, and you back it up from there. You have your lefty specialist. You know, C-Shek can help out when when the call is for that. But I, I, I'm getting to the point with C.J. Edwards where I'm either going to include him in a trade. That's what I do. I said that to you last week. Or, or I'm sending him back to work on it in the minors again. I'm just not. He's not the guy he, he was a couple a years start. ago. Yeah, I mean, you talk about change of scenery. I mean. Carl Edwards would be a perfect guy for that. He still has such good stuff, but he's not even showcasing it anymore. I mean, he's not consistently hitting 96 But don't forget the there was a guy in 2013 who had elite stuff through, back then, 97, filthy slider, and had an ERA north of six, and he needed a fresh start, and that was Pedro, Pedro Strobe. So you can find that guy. They're out there. But if that, if, let's say that player B is coming via trade, what type of players are we talking about having to give up? Well, how good a guy you want. Let's say, let's you want say, Will Smith from the Giants? Let's say it's somebody that would fit into that second slot. This person doesn't have to be their closer, but we want him to be the guy that leads to the closer with Strope. So then Number he's two facing three in the Bryce bullpen. Harper in the NLCS. In key moments, this guy's going to be a big pitcher, so he better be good. Well, Andrew Miller was that guy for Cleveland, and they had to give up four guys to get him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously the Cubs had to as well to get Chapman. I know he's more the ninth inning guy than what you're talking about, but I think they can go if they get a Kimbrel type or if they get that one guy. The second guy they get can be more of a Jesse Chavez type. There's a possibility out there, I mean, middle reliever or whatever, where they can get a guy, bring him into the pitching infrastructure that the Cubs like so much about their organization and hope that that guy kind of takes off from there. Because really, like we saw that in the middle of July last year, who thought Chavez was going to be this guy that would wound up being you know, their closer in the last week of the season and their best, most reliable reliever. So I think they can get a guy without giving up too much. And that's why I'm with you, Cap. That's why I think they should be all in on Kimbrell is because you don't give up much. You, get, yep. you take a flyer on a Chavez-type guy, get Kimbrell, and then, yeah, Strobe comes back, maybe Morrow comes back, and you see where you go from there, and then Edwards probably doesn't have to pitch anywhere beyond the sixth inning. You don't have to mortgage your whole future if you spend a little of extra money on Kimbrell. If he's the guy. If he's healthy. If he's and throwing and your scouts go there and going, yeah, he's okay. Like, we got to know which so guy you're getting. Here's one other alternative. Because do you remember, sorry to interrupt you, there was a guy the Cubs went out and got and everybody – said, we got to get that guy. They did. They gave up two young pitchers, highly regarding their system. One did not much. The other was Kyle Loesch, who pitched another 15 years in the big leagues. And Rick Aguilera sucked. You remember? <laughs> yes. So uh, and He was that guy. There's no question you can get burned doing it. That's why I'd rather pay the money to sign a guy and yeah. only have to risk 
some of your stock of players once, not twice. And you're talking about, like, if you're talking about one of those guys' ceiling, I mean, Kimbrell has the highest ceiling of anybody that could possibly be available via trade or free agency. He could be the best reliever in baseball from, like, mid-July on. If they don't get Kimbrell, or they still need that number two guy in the bullpen and they're still looking for him, whatever the situation may be, when would you risk the progress that Tyler Chatwood has made and put him in some type of closer role? Or at they the end did of the it bullpen? Saturday. He's got the stuff. I if would he's... keep running him out there till I made a move and see if he proves that he can't do it. But he's made this steady progress to where he is helping you now. Oh, yeah. Do you risk that progress by trying to be like, hey, let's roll the dice. Let's push you all Why'd the way they to do the closer move. I, I, listen, I'm for it. I loved it. I think he's got the stuff. I think he's past that. You show him huge confidence by saying, you know what? Go get him, big guy. You did it. This, we know you're the guy. Now, now take a shot at it. What do you think? I mean, I'm all in. I would do it. Yeah, I mean, the way that he's regularly touching 98 out of the bullpen is really incredible. And he's not walking a ton of guys. I know in that save, he, he gave up, what is it, back-to-back hits back to start Back-to-back back singles. Yeah, I mean, And that's, then got that's a double right. play and a pop fly to right. And that's what he can do. Whether Even if he's not striking out guys, he gets so many double plays. Even last year, when how many times did he walk the leadoff guy and then get a double play again? I mean, he can do that. So as long as he's regularly not walking guys, I think he's a safe eighth or ninth inning option. And I'm safe, I mean, like, from a Cubs perspective. I, I wouldn't say that he's, like, safe in quotes, but he's probably one of the safest options you've got right now. Yeah, I would hand him the ball. For example, we're taping this. They're playing game two of against the Astros right. tonight. If it's three to two going at the bottom of the ninth and I've got to go to a closer, who are you handing the ball to? I'd give it to Chatwood. Same here. I'd hand it to him I, over. Ciszek, Edwards, Kintz, all of them. The, I mean... I never would have said that a month ago. Right. We were like two months ago. Remember he had the spot start in Arizona? I didn't think he was going to make the team. Yeah. I didn't think he'd be on the roster. Remember the the spot start in Arizona? Yes. He pitched really well. Sure, you were out there? Yeah. Shut out. Well, after that, we were like, oh, maybe somebody will take him off the Cubs' hands. Right. Now it's like, we might make him the closer. Glad they have him. $13 million closer. (laughs) But he's gotten to the point now where – I'd rather trade other pieces than him because you have such a need in the bullpen and he at least has the stuff. I'm not saying he's Dennis Eckersley out of the bullpen, but he has the potential to be as good as anybody they have right now. Bingo. Anybody else, anything else you want to fix the the last two-thirds or that you think they're pretty solid all the way around? I I still think that they can get another veteran catcher. I mean, the fact that... Caratini is really good. I'm not saying they should get somebody else in place of him, but if he goes down, if Wilson has to go on the 10-day IL for something, you you have him and Taylor Davis, and it's just Davis is all right, but like they've proven that Davis is not right. A, but with no waiver deals, yeah, that's true. You're right. I mean, and it would be very difficult to go out and acquire him, but they did a couple years ago with Rene Rivera. That'd be a perfect type of guy, but they would need somebody to kind of stash in the minors in case somebody else got hurt. Or you stash Caratini in the minors and bring up a veteran guy that you can't stash. That's true. You could do that too. Depth. Depth never hurts at this point. All right, after the break, the kids can play. What's the deal with all the former stars having kids in the game today? I'm starting to feel old. Cubs Authentic Fans. The My Team Zappa NBC Sports is your home for Cubs highlights, articles, and more. For the best Cubs coverage anytime, anywhere, 
Download the My Teams app today. Welcome back. Anybody else feel weird watching the kids of guys we covered or watched now starring in the game? I saw that Craig Biggio first hit and then he gets or first home run. And I thought, that is so bizarre. Because you've been in a clubhouse dozens of times, Craig Biggio walking around, and now his son, who looks exactly like him, <laughs> is in Major League Baseball, and he's not the only one. Vladdy Guerrero's kid, uh, Dante Bichette's kid. So who's going to be the best out of that? Who's going to be the best out of that group? Tatis, Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, will it be Bichette? Will it be Baby Biggio? Will it be Grand Baby Yaz? Yeah, he had, by the way, got picked off on yeah. Lisak's nephew you is making a league Lisek, debut. Lisak's nephew, you that's see right. The baby Yaz, the shot of his wife. Yes. She's all excited he gets the hit, comes tearing around first, and she's going crazy. And they outfielder fires at the first and they catch him, made too big so a turn. Oh, first major league that. hit, like, he gets oh, pegged at first God. base. That's amazing. Like, what are you doing? Uh, so who's gonna be the best out of that group? Any idea? I mean, everyone Just seems to guess. think it's Vladimir Guerrero, but Ozzie Gein was in our green room and said he looks like he's expecting twins. He <laughs> said, and he told that to Vlad Sr. He's like, this guy's got all the talent in the world and he's fat. Get him in shape. And he's only 22. So, I mean, imagine like when this guy gets into his mid-30s. Remember what happened to the fielders? They ate themselves out of the legal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Fernando Tatis Jr., I know he's still very young. I think he's only 20 as well. He looks like a better two-way player maybe than Vlad in the sense that he can maybe stick at shortstop. He's more athletic, runs better. But in terms of hitters, Vlad is the guy that everybody has been raving about. I mean, he hit 400 in the minors last year. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. It's just kind of cool to see those names pop up in baseball again. It's cyclical. It happens. Who, who's the best father-son combo? It's got to be Griffey Jr. and Sr., right? Got to be. Got to be. I mean, but, but you mentioned two others. Fielders were pretty good. That's a pretty good combo. Yeah. For hitters, for sure. Will we ever see a father and son in the same lineup again? Didn't they homer in the same game once? I, I forget. Did they go back to back? Actually, I don't think they homered I don't in the know same about game. Back to back, yeah, same game. I but think. But still, I mean, I don't think we'll ever see a father and son play at the same time together. I mean, the Vlad, Vlad Jr. and Senior would be the closest, and they're like what four years apart. So. Well, the kid has to come up really early. Yeah. Right. Or the. Yeah, but look, Javi had a kid when he was. Addison Russell had kids when he was like 20. Right. Okay. He could be a 40-year-old, 39-year-old player. Javi had a kid when he was very young. I mean, you never know. But the Griffies were an incredible story. Yeah, they were. I mean, Dad was a heck of a player. And then Ken Griffey Jr. comes up and, boy, if it wasn't for injuries, I know people talk about Mike Trout potentially being like, the greatest player of all time. Ken Griffey Jr. was the real deal for a while. He was For a long real. period of time. Yeah. I really wish that he would have been better and avoided injury in Cincinnati. When he went there, kind of like the homecoming or whatever, that that would have been such a cool storyline. I remember, what, was it running from third to home that he like popped his hamstring and didn't play the rest of that year? That was tough. 2000 maybe? So if you're looking for a father-son Cubs combo in the future... Uh, who would who would you like to see? I mean, I'd love to Javi to have a kid yeah. and see that combo. See if Baby Javi's El still Mago. doing that. Yeah, El yeah. Mago and Lil Mago. That'd that be would be amazing. something. Uh, I think that would be the coolest one. That would be pretty cool. Uh, all right, that's it for this edition of the Cubs Talk Podcast presented by Wintrust. Later this week, we're going to do another Cubby Classic flashback. Mark DeRosa joins me to relive a crazy comeback against the Rockies 11 years later. 
D-Row takes us behind the scenes of a windy day at Wrigley Field and the wild ride that followed. By the way, let us know what you're thinking of the podcast. Send us our, your comments, suggestions, anything you might want to hear in the future, and we'll see if we can get that out to you. Thanks for listening to the Cubs Talk podcast presented by Wintrust for David Kaplan and Tony Andraki. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer, Fly the W.